0: day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast, the show where I demonstrate how much useless information a man can accumulate in 40 years. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my plan for the day was to do another chapter in Rules for Radicals. But on Tuesday, there was something noteworthy that happened in my home state of Virginia, the general election for the governorship of that state. uh, New Jersey was also holding their gubernatorial election. And in Virginia and New Jersey both, Democrats lost the governorship and was replaced by a Republican. And since those elections wrapped up, the fallout has been a little bit nutty. So I thought that I would like to discuss that this afternoon. Instead of the rules for radicals, I will do that on Monday. First, let me say congratulations to Governor Yunkin and the new governor of New Jersey, Now, in the last couple of days, I have heard that guy's name pronounced 50 times, and I still have no idea how to pronounce his last name. So instead of giving it a shot and butchering it, I'm just going to sneak right past that. I'm sure everybody's heard his name. Probably most of you know exactly what it is and can say it. I, however, cannot. But I thought some congratulations were in order. The left is absolutely flabbergasted that they lost Virginia and New Jersey. Now, obviously, I follow Virginia's a little bit closer because that is my home state. And even though I'm just about an hour away from the New Jersey state line, I really don't follow New Jersey politics at all. But from what I understand, New Jersey was not supposed to change hands. That was supposed to be a lock for the Democrats. And it absolutely caught everybody on CNN and MSNBC. 100% 100% off guard. It was actually sort of comical watching the news coverage. These I liken it to if you're watching a, a college game where one team was heavily favored and the other team is just absolutely murdering them. And the announcers just really don't know what to say. They just kind of struggle for something to come up when you try to put a positive spin on it for the favored team and they just, they cannot come up with anything logical or sensible to say. They're just, they're just dumbfounded. They're just like sitting there watching something happening and they have no idea how to process it. But Virginia is a little bit different story. I really didn't expect Youngkin to win the election uh, just because Northern Virginia has such a huge population compared to the rest of the state. Now, if you take All of the rest of the state compared to Northern Virginia, it's about the same, but you have got a huge amount of people clustered in the area between Richmond and Washington, D.C. Generally, the Virginia elections, that area is what decides the election. Everybody else might as well stay home because Northern Virginia is going to vote Democrat, and they have the numbers, but there is one tiny little thing that happened in Virginia that sort of pushed it over the edge for Yunkin. And that is Governor McAuliffe about a month ago made a statement that parents should simply stay out of their children's schooling. Now, this is nothing new. Politicians always show a huge amount of disdain for the constituency. Both sides do this. I I believe about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, there was a senator that was caught on a microphone saying that he wished they did not allow citizens to come and tour the Capitol building because he didn't like the way they smelled. Again, I can't remember who that was. I'm wanting to say it was a Democrat. It very well could have been a Republican, but whichever side of the aisle that guy was on, that is pretty indicative of how our leaders think about us. And after the last year and a half, a lot of parents had to Become de facto teachers, and for the government to force parents into that role and then say they shouldn't have any say about what their children are taught is beyond the pale. And I really believe that that is what pushed Yunkin over the top. Another thing is, I'm driving through Virginia back and forth to visit family. I noticed that I saw for every one McAuliffe sign I saw, I saw probably fifty Yunkin signs. Now, a lot of that is apparently he did very little campaigning anywhere west of Charlottesville. And again, I think he was thinking the exact same thing I thought is, well, you know, Northern Virginia is going to vote for me and that's all I need. So maybe it was just he was saving campaign money for where he thought it would do the most good. But even if that was his strategy, it looks like you're telling 75% of the people that live in that state to go F themselves and he very well may have been telling the rest of the state that. Again, I I don't live in Virginia anymore, so I wasn't seeing the campaign ads, but it just, it's not a good look. You're running for the governor of a state, and you don't care about 75 percent of the state, and to be fair, a lot of governors of that state have felt that way. You know, when I was growing up, the joke always was Virginia ends at Roanoke, which was basically just saying that nobody in Richmond gives a damn what happens to the to the western end of the state they kind of view us as sort of the orphan child of West Virginia and they just sort of pretended like that end of the state didn't exist. Now that was always the statement until Virginia Tech became a nationally known football and then suddenly it was Virginia ends at Blacksburg. So they did annex about another 50 miles of the state but still I don't ever recall the state senators coming to the district that I lived in. Um, I'm sure the only congressman that ever came was whoever represented the ninth district and he probably only came if he had to or she but generally speaking a lot of that state gets treated as if it's not there it's you know sort of the bastard cousin at the at the family reunion you know nobody's gonna tell them not to show up but everybody's kind of secretly hoping that they just stay home that day But to get back on topic, I'm sure McCullough felt that he had a very good chance to hold on to that seat. Believe that the polling showed a very tight race, even up to the day of the election. But again, it came as a surprise to everyone on MSNBC and CNN that Virginia went Republican for their governor. Uh, Like I say, it was a complete out of left field sucker punch that they lost New Jersey as well. And a lot of my conservative friends on Facebook are talking, you know, this is the red wave. It's, It's coming. Well, that always happens. Whenever you have one party that holds the presidency, the House, and the Senate, they always take a beating in the next election, and it's simply because they don't really do a good job. None of these politicians understand that winning the election is the start, not the finish line. Most of them treat it like it's the finish line, and you know, part of it is I think a lot of them just simply don't know how to do the job that they have won. But I think a lot of them just don't care. It's I'm trying to get elected. Actually, carrying out any legislative duties is something that they don't consider at all. They're trying to win elections, period. That's all they try to do. Now, when the next one gets a little closer, they'll start campaigning and start going around and telling everybody what a fantastic job they've done. But winning the election is their goal. That's the only thing they care about. And when you have the House the Senate, and the presidency, everything bad that happens is on you. On election night, when Biden was elected, everybody was so happy that he was going to get the House and the Senate. They were going to control both houses and get the presidency. And I said that is the worst thing that can happen to Joe Biden, because the only time that you see presidents really do well in a reelection bid is when the other party has control of the House or control of the Senate or control of both, Well, then they can get on and they can say, well, you know, I tried to do this. I tried to do this. But, you know, the senators and the representatives, they wouldn't work with me. I tried to come to the table and they were just stonewalling me. They have somebody to scapegoat. And if that's the situation, a lot of times they'll get reelected. But when you have everything's on your plate and there's nothing you can do about it, you have to take credit or blame. And let's face it, it's usually blame because, again... These people don't do what they're supposed to do. They just get in there and it's all about them. Well, then you get get your ass handed to you in the next election because everybody sees what kind of job you were doing and you have no way to deflect any of that criticism onto somebody else. Unfortunately, the breed of politicians that we have had in the last hundred years, that's not a good situation for those idiots to be in because, again, they can't do their job. Most of them don't even bother to try. And when you've got a spotlight shining on you and everybody's watching what you do, if you can't do your job, everybody sees that. In fact, I firmly believe that the only reason any politician ever gets reelected is because we have blessed these idiots with the gift of low expectations. We don't expect them to do a good job. I want you to think about that. We are paying these people a lot of money. They get insane benefits, they get an insane amount of power. They have all the money in the world at their fingertips. They spend the entirety of their term going to these black tie events, flying around the country, meeting with foreign officials. I mean, it's a dream job for most people. And we expect, I don't even want to say we expect nothing. We're surprised if they don't set the Capitol building on fire every day before they leave. We expect nothing out of these people. Unfortunately, that is exactly what they deliver to us on a consistent basis. It has gotten to the point that most people don't even bother to vote. And think about this Virginia governor election. Sorry, gubernatorial election. This was a very hotly contested election coming on the heels of a very hotly contested presidential election. And let's face it, a very shady looking presidential election. And even with the political fervor up as much as it is, Virginia has about 9 million people. They got about 4 million votes on Tuesday. That's around 44% of the population voted. 56% of the population, even in this political climate, did not bother to go vote. I don't know how many convicted felons are living in Virginia. I guarantee you it's not 5 million. People just don't care. And that's the way the politicians want it. When you consider the skill level of the average politician, apathy is the best thing for them. And believe me, they are absolutely getting it. Now, I've always said about 30% of the population are either registered Democrat or registered Republican. That's actually went down a little bit over the last several years What we're looking at now is we've got about 25% of the population is a registered hardcore Democrat, and about 25% of the population is a registered hardcore Republican. Those are the only people the politicians want to vote in election, and that plan works out very well for them. If they can keep the middle disinterested enough not to bother to go vote, their 25% will cancel out the opposition's 25%, and then depending on the political climate at that moment or how things are going, you know, enough of the middle will fall to one side or the other to decide the election. That is exactly how the politicians want it. That's why the politicians keep going further and further to the extremes, because that hardcore 25% that subscribes to one theology, I'm not sorry, not theology, ideology or the other, although it is a theology nobody wants to admit it to themselves but the the hardcore fans of one side or the other it is a theology they have turned that into a religion particularly the left because the left has done away with actual religion and they have completely replaced religion in their lives with politics and i'm not using hyperbole there i mean that in the most literal sense of the word I have got liberal friends on Facebook that whatever the RNC is treated like Moses coming down from the mountaintop truth, they deify the people that are in office. If you disagree with anything that side says, they will come at you with a religious fervor that only a true believing zealot can muster up. This is a religion to most of the people in this country. And the media follows right along with this because once again, all the media has chosen a side. Most of the media has chosen the left. Obviously, Fox News and there are a few conservative newspapers in the country have chosen the Republican Party. But I have seen some really crazy things coming out of the media the last few days because, again, they are just at a loss to explain how this possibly could have happened. I have seen political pundits saying that there's going to be riots and looting and burning in the streets. And, and, well, there probably will be. Uh, It's not the right-wing people that go out and do that stuff generally. It's uh, usually the Democrats. You know, on the night that Trump was elected, I was watching CNN and they had people on there saying that, you know, these are dangerous people and it's going to be dangerous times. We don't know what's going to happen now that this individual's in the White House. While they're saying all this stuff, Hillary supporters were rioting in the streets. There they were a couple of people that got killed. There was a lot of property destruct, destruction. And the fact that you can sit while that's going on and try to say that the right is going to start trouble is beyond me. Now, I think part of that is... Sort of a smokescreen, you know. Don't don't pay attention. You pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, kind of thing. They you know they didn't want to show anybody in a Hillary T-shirt throwing bricks through a storefront window, so they got to say something. Obviously, they can't report on what's going on at that point. But that's sort of the way our media goes. They have went just as the politicians and the diehard party members have went further and further to the extremes. The media goes further and further to the extreme because they're broadcasting to a very specific subset of the American population. It is these nut jobs on either extreme. And we're getting into the weird territory that they can say whatever they want to. Because the people that subscribe to that political ideology are going to believe whatever they say, and the people that subscribe to the opposing political ideology aren't going to believe it no matter what. And you've got these people that are just making stuff up. I mean, just absolutely, completely making stuff up. And it doesn't matter that they're making it up, because you've got your little good soldiers over here that are going to lap it up like a dog at their water bowl, and you've got this little group of enemies over here that think that you're lying no matter what comes out of your mouth. You know, there's such a big argument about Youngkin standing against critical race theory. Everybody on MSNBC keeps pointing out, well, they don't teach that in Virginia school. Well, no, there's no class called critical race theory that you go to for an hour out of your day. But I've heard other people say that the Virginia Department of Education talks about the importance of critical race theory on their website. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't bothered to go look at it. I'm sure if it was there, it's probably been taken down by now. Maybe it's still there. I don't know. But again, you're they're building a false narrative and using that as the basis of an argument against something that's never going to happen. That's called a straw man argument. And it's sort of like when Mitt Romney was running and he was talking about trying to hire women employees, and he said that he had a binder full of women. Well, the left went nuts saying he was keeping women in a binder. Is that really what you think he was saying? You really think that he had a custom-made three-ring binder that's six foot tall, and he's physically imprisoning women inside that gigantic trapper keeper? Is that really what you think is actually literally happening? Of course, that's not what you think. Why are you saying that then? Why is that the line of logic you're following? Another good example is I am very strongly in favor of states' rights. Um, That's the way the founders designed our federal government, and it's absolutely the system that makes the most sense. Under the federalist system, the federal government is supposed to have a very small, very specific set of powers, and they are supposed to have the least amount of influence on your daily life. The state that you live in is supposed to have a much stronger influence, legislatively speaking, over what you do day to day. And the community that you live in, your local government, is supposed to have the most power. In other words, the people that live closest to you and are more familiar with your life and your situation have the most to do with the laws that govern your everyday life. And the further these politicians get away from your situation, the less amount of influence they're supposed to have. It's the logical, reasonable, pragmatic way to set up a government. But if I ever say that I think we need to go back to states' rights, somebody on the left, a friend of mine, somebody just happens to be in the room, whoever hears me say that, will immediately say, oh yeah, let's go back to states' rights and we'll bring back slavery and... But two things with your point there, Mr. High and Mighty. Number one, that was Democrats doing that. Democrats were pushing slavery. Democrats were the ones enacting all the Jim Crow laws. Democrats were the ones that opposed integration. Democrats were the ones filibustering the Civil Rights Act in 1965. That was your party doing that. So why are you acting so smug? And number two, Do you honestly see any scenario where slavery is reinstituted in the United States? Again, the answer to that is, of course not. So why are you bringing that up? Why is that your Trump card that you're going to throw out there? Pardon the pun. I know they don't like to hear the word Trump. Why are you throwing that out there like that wins you the argument? It's a ridiculous statement to base any sort of belief on. This thing that will never, ever happen is the reason we shouldn't do A, B, or C. I don't like people that pretend to win arguments based on zero logic. And these are the exactly the type of people that are determining every election that we have going forward. It's this hardcore 25% on the left and this hardcore 25% on the right. And if you'll do a little math there, the people in the middle, the people like me, the people like you, we have the power. We have the numbers. We could dictate every single election in this country from now until doomsday. We have the power. We only exert that power when we're pissed off about something. Most elections, like I said, the Virginia election just this Tuesday, 44% voted. So they didn't even get that full 25% on either side. I mentioned a little while ago that Northern Virginia dictates who wins an election in Virginia most of the time. Virginia has nine congressional districts. The populations of those districts is roughly the same in every one of those districts. The problem is, is that for whatever reason, the people in Northern Virginia will get out and vote in much larger numbers than the people in all the other districts. If everybody in the district that could vote would go out and vote, you would have a pretty even distribution of Republican and Democrat through the state of Virginia. And it's because the middle would be getting involved at that point. The middle is the majority. The middle is where sanity can be found. The middle is logical and responsible without being cold-hearted. The middle is caring without being ruled by emotions. The middle is where conversations can take place because you're not so far away from each other. You know, the, the extremes on either side, that's not a person on the other side of this little gorge that we've dug for ourselves. That's the enemy. And it's to the point now where it just seems like you're trying to talk to a different species. You know, extreme is supposed to be a bad thing. Extreme weather, that's always bad. We're all watching the Weather Channel to see about the extreme weather. Extreme debt, nobody wants that. Extreme infection. I tried to talk to people that have had extreme infections. I couldn't find most of them. It's like they're dead or something. Extreme intoxication is not a good thing. I've actually done quite a bit of field research into that one. Trust me. Politicians are catering to the extremes in their parties and they pay zero attention to the majority in the middle. We don't matter. And it's because we have shown them that we will put up with that kind of treatment. We have battered voter syndrome. And the politicians do that because they believe that people are too stupid to recognize what's going on. They believe that it does not matter how bad of a job they do. We're not going to notice. And even if we do notice, we're not going to care. And we're sure as hell not going to do anything about it. It offends me that politicians think we are as stupid as they think that we are. But it's hard for me to blame them for thinking that. Because every two years, we go to the polls or don't go to the polls, and we prove them right. And that is about all I've got for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to say thank you for sitting with me again. If you enjoyed today's show, please give it a like, and please consider becoming a subscriber to the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. I mean that. As always, if you'd like to send me a comment, you can do so with the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page or at southerner at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's wrap it up for the day. I hope you have a great weekend and we'll talk again next week. Thank you very much and happy Friday.